This is News Talk 980 CKNW. Thanks for being with us on this chilly morning. Nine degrees outside our studios. At least that's what the reading says right now on this October First, coming up in the program, we are going to talk more about the Clayton Heights area of Surrey. And my apologies, I did say we were going to be talking about this yesterday. There was a bit of a glitch with the timing. We will be talking about this uh, coming up uh, this morning in about a half hour from now. This is an area uh, where it's grown a lot in population, a lot because of basement suites and coach houses and parking has become an issue. And because of that, uh, some people are now facing eviction. So we're going to take a look at that neighborhood and see uh, what can be done. And if people are evicted, where can they go? Uh, That's coming up. But also talking about those older condominiums and how some are considering selling. If you live in one of those older buildings, perhaps you've been approached by a realtor or a developer. I know a couple of people who their strata councils have come together and decided that, yes, we want to sell. We all want to sell because we can sell our condo units for much more than we would if we were selling them privately. You sell the whole building to a developer and move on. Not so easy, though, with others saying, wait a minute, this isn't just a piece of real estate that I'm looking at for the money. This is my home. This is where I want to live. I don't want to sell it to a developer. The rules changed not too, too long ago that it's no longer required to have 100% compliance. So we'll talk about that coming up on the program as well. But first, a jury has been selected to hear the evidence in the trial of three employees involved in the Lac-Megantic train derailment. 14 jurors have been chosen. 12 will now be selected to hear the testimony. And joining us to talk a little bit more about jury selection and the case itself is Mike Armstrong. He is a reporter with Global News, and he joins us on the line now. Mike, good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Where are we at at this point as far as jury selection and what happens next? Yeah, it was a fairly long process. Uh, they had to whittle down um, the the, pers- the jury pool to bilingual uh, jurors. Uh, that took a, a few weeks, actually. And then uh, on Friday, once they had that sort of whittled down, they actually made fairly uh, quick work of it, and they were able to pick um, 16 people. I believe it's 10 men and six women. So you've got uh, 12 jurors and uh, six, excuse me, 12 jurors and four alternates. That has been done now, and uh, tomorrow morning this trial is set to start. Uh, and was the main obstacle or why it took so long because of the, the bilingual component, or was it also because this was such a, a, a big deal, this was such a well-known case uh, that people maybe didn't come across as being impartial? No, it was actually, um, it really was that bilingualism issue, I think, uh, because uh, one of the one of the uh, accused, actually the engineer, uh, is uh, more English than French. Probably understands French, but uh, you do have the right to a trial in in your language. Um, they also so so they wanted it to be bilingual. It was also one of the reasons for the change of venue. They've moved the trial from Lac Mégantic, about an hour uh, west to Sherbrooke, Quebec, and uh, that area has a sort of a let's say more bilingual um, people to. Uh, pick from, so they were able they were able to do that there. Uh, they would have had a lot of trouble finding uh, enough Anglophones or people that speak English in Lac Mégantic. It's it's very much uh, predominantly French. All right, uh, the three men. Uh, uh, correct me if I'm wrong. Is it 47 counts of criminal negligence? One for each person that was killed on that day. And if you speak to people from the town, they they'll actually give you a different number. 
because there are a couple of people that uh, actually took their own lives in the uh, years after uh, the train disaster. So sometimes people will add uh, two more to that 47, one or two. Uh, there's an awful story, actually, about a, the, uh, who, the person they consider the 48th victim. He was a firefighter who went into one of the buildings uh, when they were picking victims, pulling out victims, and uh, he pulled out his, uh, or found his ex-girlfriend. And uh, that gentleman, actually, a very young firefighter, took his own life about a year later. So in the end, there are 47 charges, as I say, one for each victim that was killed on that, uh, that morning. And are there specifics, when we talk about criminal negligence, are there specific, uh, specifics as to what uh, it's alleged the three men who are charged did or, or didn't do? Well, it's basically the, the Crown's going to argue that they, the, their actions are sort of uh, what led to this. For example, uh, Tom Harding, who was the engineer that night, uh, didn't put on uh, enough handbrakes uh, and also didn't do a uh, correct test. So he left, he did seven uh, handbrakes on a, a 73 uh, railway cars, tankers. Uh, he put seven on. The rule of thumb is generally uh, 10% plus two. So that would have been probably uh, more, well, certainly would have been more. But then there's also a grade. So if you look at the TSB investigation, they say it could have been 20 to 25 um, handbrakes that he should have put on. And he also didn't do a test, and he left the locomotive running with its air brakes on, and then there was a fire, and then the other gentleman didn't uh, properly take care of the fire once it was extinguished. Uh, they weren't on scene, but they sort of said, okay, yeah, the locomotive shut down, there's still enough handbrakes on, but there weren't. So it's, it's the, as the TSB report found, there were a whole, there was a whole, I believe they said 18 things that led to this accident. But the Crown's going to argue that these three men were sort of mostly responsible. Now, there will be uh, another trial after this trial under the Railway Safety Act, uh, where there are several other people charged, but those charges are quite a bit less um, uh, severe, uh, let's say, the, the, the repercussions, sanctions that those people would face, uh, including somebody who's sort of the second highest in the company at the time. And I think uh, the maximum penalty that they could face under those would be... Um, uh, I believe six months in jail and, and, a, and a, a hefty fine, but that's uh, criminal negligence causing death forty-seven times. That's that's pretty serious. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you expect that people from Lac Megantique will be in Sherbrooke? Will be attending this trial? I would expect that there will be some. I mean, we've we've seen a few people that uh, uh, there's a gentleman uh, who who lost his son and I believe two. Two of his uh, daughter-in-laws. It's just an awful story, and he's been very vocal uh, since the beginning. But I was in Lac Megantic last week, and I'll tell you, the emotion in that town uh, is surprising because there are an awful lot of people, uh, and I would say almost to a, a almost every single person I spoke to uh, doesn't believe that the right people are on trial. They sort of say, you know what, these were just the guys doing their job, but their jobs were cut over the last over in over years just cost-cutting, 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 that these guys were doing the best they could. Uh, like, if more handbrakes had been set, that would have taken an hour of overtime. And then, you know, the, maybe the, the engineer would have gotten in trouble from his bosses, and then the, the guy who showed up the next morning would have had to undo all those uh, handbrakes, and he would have gotten in trouble. And so there are a lot. There is more anger, I would say, with the people higher up in the company who will not be on trial tomorrow than there are um, with the three that are going to walk into a courtroom. And there, I remember there was basically silence when these guys walked out of the uh, police uh, car and, and walked into the courtroom. And there were lots of people, probably 20. This was in downtown Lac Megan Sick. And 
there was almost silence as they walked in in this perp walk. And I, I watched the tape again the other day, and you hear clear as day somebody say, it's not, they're not the ones we want. So I would say that the predominant feeling in town is that the, the trial tomorrow isn't necessarily the right people. Hmm. And uh, Mike, do you get the sense, is it is it the uh, emotions running high because the trial is starting, or has it been that way since 2013, since this happened? Yeah. Uh, it is such a scar on that town. The downtown core is still not rebuilt. I mean, some new buildings have gone up. Uh, they had to rebuild some things immediately, like grocery stores and things like that. So they've built them sort of outside the downtown core that blew up. It took two and a half years to decontaminate the downtown core as well. So that's why it's been so slow. Um, but, I mean, imagine you live in a in a town, they and the donut hole, basically the, the right down in the middle, four years later is still flat. That You you don't get over that very quickly. Not to mention this is a town of seven 8,000 people that lost 47. Uh, I mean, it was, I, I was there for 11 days when it first happened. And you just, you met people and you said, so how, how are you affected? And they didn't say, oh, I lost a friend or my friend lost a, a friend or something. They just went, well, I, I knew seven people or uh, I lost a brother and, and seven friends. Like it was just, it was surreal to be there. Hmm. Well, Mike, we'll have to leave it there, but I uh, appreciate you joining us uh, today. And we'll uh, look forward to your coverage uh, of the trial and uh, moving on from there. Thank you so much. Vancouver's News, Vancouver's Talk. This is News Talk 980 CKNW.